On this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans, we are going to continue our conversations looking at some of the top storylines surrounding the Houston Texans ahead of training camp and a quarterback is on the market and the Houston Texans bet not consider getting into the conversation. Cody, let's start this goddamn show. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, of course, joined by none other than Cody Davis, and we continue our storylines for the Houston Texans heading into training camp starting next week the rookies are in the door july 24th the vets will soon follow uh after that cody and we have to continue with mm. looking at the offensive side of the ball the running back and that storyline by the way marlon mack is the highest rated running back on the houston <laughs> texans uh and regarding uh madden damian pierce i think he sits at a 72 marlon mack i believe is at a 74 i don't have those numbers up but right now Listen, Houston has a perfect combination of old and young. When you look at old, you got Marlon Mack. You still got Rex Burkhead on the roster. Mm-hmm. You look at young, you have a rookie running back, Damian Pierce. You also have Dare Ogubawale. He's coming over from the Jacksonville Jaguars, only been in the league uh, three years so far, and he, he's going to bring a different dynamic. I really think that that's a very important storyline to look at who's going to be the third overall uh, running back on this depth chart, Cody, but for you, you look at the running back storylines. What is something that the fans of the Houston Texans should definitely keep an eye on day one of training camp all the way up until the regular season starts? Will Rex Burkhead make the 53-man roster? I do believe that is one of, if not the most important storylines in terms of what is going on in this backfield for the Houston Texans. And yes, I understand that 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 statement might sound a little bit crazy, especially when you consider that A, he is a culture guy, and B, he was this team leading rusher last last year, but as I mean, let's let's keep it real. At the end of the day, being considered this organization's leading rusher last year is not a great thing to be happy about. Exactly, but you know, when when I take a look at Rex Burkhead. Last year, he was needed. This year, Rex Burkhead is not needed to be a part of this Houston Texans organization. And I say that because, and John, it goes back to what you just opened up this segment talking about. First and foremost, he is the oldest out of the running back core. He's 32 years old. Um, The Houston Texans have revamped. (laughs) Exactly. The Texans have revamped this backfield with the addition of Marlon Mack and Damian Pierce. And you're looking at, you're looking at two who are not younger, but who are also more t- than Rex Burkhead. And three, most importantly, John, I know you're going to talk about this um, a little bit later, but yes, most organizations in this league do carry three running backs. However, there is another running back that I do believe has an opportunity to be this team's number three back, and that is Royce Freeman. So when I, when I, when I take a look at 
all of these Lawrence. factors yeah exactly when, when i take a look at all of these factors i'm looking at this from a standpoint of burkhead might be the odd man out now I'm pretty sure there is a possibility that he could be the running back on the practice squad, but I'm looking at this from a standpoint. If it's week one of the regular season and Rex Burkhead is a part of this 53-man roster, I do believe that's going to be a waste of a roster spot. Plus, and I think this is the most important thing that I'm looking at, if Nick Casario can release the part wave Rex Burkhead prior to the start of the 2022 season, this would let me know that this is an organization that is finally going to value talent and fit over culture. And John, you know that is something that has plagued this organization for the last, what, at least three to four seasons now. And oh. I, once again, John, I just look at this from a standpoint, no disrespect to Burkhead. This guy has had a, a, a really good career, but I do not see him being a part of the Houston Texans organization following training camp. I do. Uh, and right now, when we look at the Texans' depth chart, you got Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, Damian Pierce, Royce Freeman, of course, as I mentioned to, to kick off this conversation, Derek Ogubuwale. Uh, I do think that Rex Burkhead will get an opportunity to be on this roster this upcoming year. And I, and I look at their third running back as a, a, a position or a role that is up for grabs right now, which honestly – your third overall running back on your depth chart should always be some type of competition going on between some guys that can actually move the chains for you. And I think that will come down to Rex Burkhead and Dare Ogubuwale. Uh, I don't believe that Royce Freeman will make this roster. And when I look at Dare as a running back, listen, there is some things that he's able to do on the field that he's been somewhat successful at in the NFL outside of being – your number one, number two, number three running back on your depth chart. He's able to, you know, pick up some return game, getting into the kick return game. Also, I think that he is a better receiver out of the backfield as a running back than Royce uh, Freeman. So I, I already counsel out Royce Freeman. I look mm. at I look at uh, Dare as the offseason addition that Houston went out and, and, and got, and I think that they like him. But the storyline that is very important, we talked about Pep Hamilton and the connection between – he and uh, not Pip Hamilton, but we talked about Pip Hamilton and the connection between he and Davis Mills. Listen, Danny Barry is also in that mm. seat where it's getting a little warm. Now, everybody's been understanding of your situation or lack thereof in terms of talent. I think the last two years, the Houston Texans may have the uh, the least talented running back room in the NFL of all 32 teams. Uh Around Houston, I would maybe look at the Giants when Saquon is not on the field, but they still found a way to run the ball better than Houston has in the last two seasons. Danny Barry, you are the running back coach. We understand what you're fighting against, and I do think this year things are a little bit different. However, a running back, a storyline for the running back this year should be if you are in the red zone this year, you have guys in Marlon Mack. You have a player, a rookie out of Florida that found the red zone last season. Uh, not only did he rush for almost five yards per carry, but he also had 13 touchdowns on the ground. This run game, in terms of yards per game, that is a conversation that can be argued. But overall, for Houston and the success, excuse me, of the 
um, the, 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 the team, the offense right now, they need points on the board. Your running back group should make your job easier if you're between to 15 yards outside of that red zone. Well, from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given you the coconut brownie chunk, the puffs treatment. A whole remix. It kind of remixes like when Mariah does her remixes, she could put a little funk on it. That is what Bill Bar has did with the amazing coconut brownie chunk Bill Bar. Stop drooling. Listen, they're good for you. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, all deliciousness. And on top of that, all Bill Bars are made with a collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Bill.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 at checkout at Bill.com. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? July 18th, we kicked off our Locked On 50 Most Valuable Players in the NFL from the odds makers at BetOnline. It started on July 18th once again, so you can check it out. Check out the Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans. John and I will continue looking at some of the top storylines surrounding the Houston Texans at every single position. John, we talked about the backfield, and I think it's important that we make our way on up just a little bit to that tight end core. And there's a lot that's going on with this tight end core, but I think we can all agree that at the end of the day, the top two tight ends heading into training camp is Pharaoh Brown and Brevin Jordan. And the top storyline that I'm looking at throughout training camp, I truly do believe whichever tight end between Jordan and Brown showcase the most potential and showcase the most improvement to their blocking is going to take the helm as this team's number one tight end because Jordan and Brown are both tight ends who you can utilize them all day long as pass catchers. However, in terms of their run blocking, in terms of their pass protection, they are not that strong. As a matter of fact, I remember um, when the Houston Texans drafted Brevin Jordan, they said, his struggles with blocking is part of the reason why he failed to the fifth round. If he was a better blocker, they say he could have been a second, third round prospect taken in the 2021 draft. And look, we are going into our third season looking at Pharaoh Brown. Pharaoh Brown says his top goal is to be an all pro player this year, even though no disrespect to Brown, we do not agree. But in order for him to establish himself as one of the top, top tight ends in this league, he definitely needs to find a way to improve his blocking, plain and simple. Yeah, I, I think the storyline for this tight end group right now is, number one, I'm going to start off with the rookie. Where does Quintoriano uh, fits in this group right now? We know mm. about Brevin Jordan. We know about Farrell Brown. But where does Quintoriano fit? Tegan, and I wanted to make sure I say his name correctly, Tegan Quintoriano, where does he fit? I think Houston really likes what he can bring, right? And I think that he's going to be one of those tight ends that whenever we do see him on the field, 
first of all, these three preseason games are going to be very important for him to establish himself in his own right. Whenever we do see him on the field, I can see us doing two things, saying, oh, he really does block and catch well. He, he does a good job of being a good combo tight end. And I could also see us saying, oh, he definitely needs to work on being a more effective catcher as a tight end and being more consistent as a blocker. I think right now, as a rookie, and tight end is a very difficult position to get adjusted to in the NFL because where you're coming from, you could have been all world, but in the NFL, you're going to have to eventually get into those trenches and make changes to your game for the most part. So I think that we are overlooking the young man a little bit. And when I say we, I don't necessarily mean you and I, I mean the whole Texan community. I do believe he's getting overlooked right now because he is not a hot commodity rookie. He's not the Damian Pierce's of the team. He's not the Jalen Petrie. He's not, he's not Stingley. He's not, he's not the hot or sexy name, but he's a name that the Houston Texans had on their draft board and they wanted to bring in to this tight end position, which leads me to my second point of a storyline is how is Brevin Jordan going to pull away from Farrell Brown? Hmm. I like Farrell Brown as a, as, a, as a man. I like Farrell Brown as an NFL player, but I do not like Farrell Brown as a, a, a tight end that Houston should be invested in. Um, I think that Farrell Brown, this training camp season, this off season, this preseason, all of these before the regular season goes uh, or, or, or practices that he have to go to, excuse me, these are very important for Farrell Brown. But it's not like the tight end race is just far away from him winning. Brevin Jordan, who didn't get on, didn't get on the field a lot last year. We we saw him eventually towards the midway end part of the year. Whenever we did see him, he had three touchdowns on the year, had a good opportunity to get the ball in his hands and make some plays. However, it's a long way from Kyle Pitts to, to Brevin Jordan, if you get what I mean. We know that Atlanta's going to make sure that Kyle Pitts gets the ball this year, that he is featured in this offense. Shoot, right now I think he's like the only offensive weapon. For Brevin Jordan, listen, I think this organization likes you. I really do. But Tegan Quatorit – Quatoriano was drafted over a potential backup center. Right. So where is this tight end group? How important or how much will they be prioritized in this offense? Now, Brevin has the speed. I think he has the hand ability. This is the offseason where we saw a little bit last year, right? Now you use this training camp the rest of the month to prove to your coaches, hey, Pep, when you want to get the quick game going, find me for a quick five and out, I'll be ready. Find really me quick. for a quick sit-in route, and I'll find a zone, and I'll just sit, and I'll be ready. And I may be able to make a guy miss and get a couple of extra yards with my speed. This is why this is important for Brevin Jordan. Really quick, John, and to piggyback off of what you had to say about the rookie tight end, I just thought about this, another storyline. Where does that leave Anthony Eclair? Because he's basically in the same position as Rex Burkhead. He's he's in that same position. He's the oldest out of the bunch. He's not that talented, but he is your culture guy. And the fact that we are sitting here as of right now, July 21st, 2022, and we're talking about three tight ends that the Houston Texans can actually utilize, I don't see a situation where Anthony Eclair is going to continue to be part of this roster. (laughs) 
home. With all due respect, I like yeah. that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And whenever we make these statements, guys, we're never attacking that player's personal character. But I just don't see a Claire. Well, let me say this: I believe Brown, Fair Brown, and a Claire is in the same boat. Both of those veterans. Why, as a veteran, as in as an age veteran, why should you stay on this rebuilding roster? I. I can see now, Brown. Now, now, now again, but, Brown. You, but you would have to ask yourself that question as a coach. So I do think going into tramp, I mean, into camp, excuse me, training camp, I put training camp and camp together. But going into camp, I do think that both of those players, like if there's a list of players that have asterisks next to the name, like guys who, you know, they're on the, you know, making a breaking list, they got to come out and, and really do well. I think both of those players' names are on there. Because, again, why would we prioritize you over our young Brevin Jordan going into his second year, over a tight end that we just drafted? That leaves one more spot on his roster for tight end. And and if, and if Jeff Driscoll makes the roster, then you know what I mean? Like, does he have that spot? But, of course, I'm joking about Jeff Driscoll. He shouldn't get that spot. But, again, why would we prioritize you two veterans, older veterans who's been in the league for a while over two tight ends that we really like. Nick Casario drafted both of these players over over players that probably would have had a more immediate impact in Houston than, than what Brevin Jordan did last year or the possibility of what Tegan Quintoriano can do this year. Hey, guys, thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen today. Now make your second listen to the Locked On NFL podcast, where our national NFL experts and insiders keep the fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league. Cody, yesterday we talked about the quarterback storylines and the offensive line storylines, and I wanted to circle back around briefly, very briefly, and mention Austin Deckless. Uh, who the Houston Texans drafted in the sixth round. He's also out of Cy Fair, Cypress, Texas, so he's a hometown kid. Uh, Played some tackle, played some guard over at LSU, mainly tackle at LSU, left and right tackle, 6'6", 345 pounds. I'm very interested to see how he has a camp. Let me tell you why. Because if he has a good camp, well, does that make Max Sharpen a little bit more expendable Moving forward, he is not Nick Casario's guy. He is not a player that has made himself, you know, unexpendable. I probably didn't say that right, but he's not a player that has stood out, right? I think Max Sharpen had a very decent rookie year. I think moving forward, this was always a team that has not necessarily did a good job with developing offensive line talent. We get that. There's a lot of moving pieces that were surrounding Max Sharpen along with his position, and along with the players that were around him. I understand that. However, this is a business. So if Austin Deckless goes out there and if he has a good preseason, well, I can see Max Sharpen being on the outs. Mm. And the San Francisco 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo on the outs. On yesterday, it was reported by Adam Scheffner of ESPN that the 49ers have given Jimmy Garoppolo's agent permission to go out and seek a trade, which means Jimmy G 
is now on the trading block. Now, John, <laughs> boo, John, I'm not about to spend a lot of time on this. We talked about this last week when Pro Football Talk mentioned the Houston Texans being a potential suitor for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and I came out and I and I and I spoke the I spoke my truth that I was told by a source going back to I believe it was October November that you know the Texans did have Garoppolo on their radar for this upcoming offseason. However, that was before we started seeing the promise and the potential from Davis Mills. Uh, but just quick, the Texans better not get involved in this Jimmy Garoppolo foolishness. Um, I personally do believe that they do have a better quarterback than Davis Mills. And with this organization still in the early stages of a rebuild, there is nothing the Houston Texans are going to benefit by acquiring Garoppolo, plain and simple. Yeah, I, I look at maybe Seattle as a team. I like, can there, see there, Seattle. There's some teams that I think needs a quarterback because of the state of their franchise currently more than Houston. What right? about Cleveland? And then what's going on? When are we going to hear about that, right? But uh, I look at, okay, so with, with the Texans, Again, they hold two first round picks in the next two years. Mm -hmm. And um, let's put it like this, man. If if Mills is the guy, then you address other needs. If Mills isn't the guy, well, you're in a position where you have an opportunity to draft two of the potential top two quarterbacks next year in Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And I have my own personal feelings about Ohio State quarterbacks that I have yet to be proven mm. wrong on. I think this is the perfect year for just to shut me up. I'm really rooting for that young man. But, yeah, you it, it makes more sense to go with a younger guy that you can build your <laughs> offense around than a Jimmy G that you trade for this year. Kind of mess it up because if you trade for him, then you do believe that he has an opportunity to – elevate your offense which i don't think jimmy g has that ability i think the offense has to elevate jimmy g and so i think that does i think it's terrible for a potential rebuild again we do have to judge what does nick casario lovey smith cal janice mcnair consider a rebuild for this team right some teams may have it in their foundation where we want to take three to four years to have rebuild. Houston may be like, screw it, man. We have an opportunity to win our division mm -hmm. this year or next. I don't think they will. So, again, it does come down to Nick and and, and Loving and, and the brain work that they're going to put together. I'm against it. I think Jimmy G is more suitable for a Seattle Seahawks. What's going on in Atlanta? They drafted Des Marita. I think they also have Marcus Mariota. Mm -hmm. Do you bring him to Atlanta to compete? Like Those are some situations in the NFL that – could possibly look out for, but overall, please, no, <laughs> not this way. Thank you guys for checking out Thursday edition of the Locked On Texan podcast. Make sure you are subscribing to the Locked On Texans on YouTube. Find us on YouTube under Locked On Texans. Like, share, and comment. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Also, give the Locked On Texans Twitter page a follow at Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Kick it!